thank you everyone for joining us. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. That's Chase and I'm Josh, and we're here to give you the Factor Fantasy Season 2, mid-season State of the Union today. You know, we just finished up our big arc that we tackled, the first big arc of Season 2 in Lord of the Rings. Gave an awesome rankings episode last week. We hope you enjoyed it. Really looking forward to just really having a relaxed type of episode that we did for season one where we can just break down some of the things that we've gone over and you know, our favorite moments of the season so far maybe some big takeaways and then really what we're going to do going forward through the remainder of season two to close it out when we finish up season two of factor fantasy at the end of the year here around january so we're really really excited to bring this to you today i'll go ahead and turn the floor over to chase so you can say a few words the state of the union man this is always like one of my favorite episodes ever of the season because we just sit around, kind of bounce off, uh, shoot the shit unscripted. And uh, we're never scripted, but, you know, we don't have to follow actual material that we're trying to study and, and bring you through. Like, it's just a relaxed episode. You guys uh, have the opportunity to really catch up with us if you miss some of those episodes. And this is one where you can kind of see what the plans are for the future. So good stuff. Take it away, man. Yeah, you got it. I think that, you know, with all the work that we put in so far, this deserves a little malice in the chalice, little little glasses in the air raising like we just don't care, my man. Uh, here's to you and here's to me. You know the rest of it. We won't say it out loud, but uh, we don't have the time or two. <laughs> Cheers, my man. <laughs> Cheers, brother. So it was, it was crazy, too, right? Because I was looking back at what we've done because we started, I believe, season two back in October, at some point in October, of, of Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy season two. And I, it just feels like it's been so long ago, like from, from a different world almost. You know, the, the first thing that we had ended up covering was the Venom movie. We did like a, like a breakdown of the Venom movie, and I'm like, damn, that feels like that was years ago. <laughs> but you know what? It's crazy. It's not even been a full year since we've uh, started season two here. And you know, we kind of followed a certain type of pattern going along through we had you know that standalone Venom movie. I think we bat, we followed it up right with the the Shang Chi standalone movie after that, and then we dove into the Mandalorian season two, and that was you know the first one where we had to kind of break down. And we did we did we tried to do a few episodes in one podcast episode. And what I really liked about what we did this season is we kind of played with a few things and just tried to see what worked, right? So for I know that another one we did as well is like being Loki. We decided to put a few episodes if we could if there wasn't a lot of detail into a, a, like one podcast episode but then when we kind of dove into the witcher season two what we did was we took one episode for one podcast episode just we really wanted to see what would work with the level of detail that was on screen versus the level of note taking we were going to do and and just how we wanted to mess with the episodes and so it, it was more of a, a trial and error type season of trying to figure out what made sense for which series and how it all was put together and you know what i honestly really enjoyed it more versus kind of what we did in season one when it almost seemed like we tried to force a lot of things into a you know we wanted to be ahead of a set schedule and so we ended up you know I wouldn't say cramming but we put a lot of information and had longer episodes and it, it just seemed to kind of you know at least for, for on my end it's like the burnout was a lot more real in season one for me versus season two and I you know, just kind of get, get your thoughts on it brother and see if you know you're, you're on the same wavelength like what did you think about the season two up until this point and, and all that good stuff yeah, and I, I just looked it up. October 17th was when the Venom episode premiered, so good stuff. Yeah, it. I like the way we did it this season because it takes time versus, like, last season, um, especially, you know, when we're diving into books. 
I think that's when, you know, you really, that burnout can take place because it's not just like watching a series. I, I, you know, it's, it's really diving into the details and checking out character perspectives and, and really getting all the plot points and, and plot holes and everything. And when you're driving all that information, uh, you know, and as we've seen here, just even doing rankings and stuff, it can come out to like a two hour episode. You do something like that. You know, that's how we get these five hour episodes <laughs> that we had. So it's been a lot better uh, this season and, and, and very efficient, but also uh, entertaining and um, very informative along the way, which is good. Yeah, that begs the question for me. Up until this point, like, what what was your favorite moment of season two that we've done so far? I don't know if, it, if we want to talk about like the, maybe the favorite thing that we covered, or just maybe some of the things that we enjoyed doing about it. Like, what would you say like, your favorite moment of season two has been so far? You know, I actually like a lot of <laughs> different things we did. I mean, I love The Witcher. Like, The Witcher is badass. Ironically, at this very moment, they're filming The Witcher season three, and. Uh, Henry Cavill uh, was spotted over in London. So if you're over there, try to scope him out. He won't give away his spot, but you know I'm sure you can, you know, find some building to climb or something and grab binoculars. All <laughs> but, right, uh, the people aren't Spider-Man, brother. They <laughs> climbing a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean over here? Speaking of that, but, that was another one of my favorite ones we did. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, badass. I mean, it was great seeing Toby, Andrew, and Tom all together at once. That's you know. I think that's that brings up a good question for today too. Just on a side note here, I've wondered with like the way the MCU is doing things. Kevin Feige actually just had this panel at Comic Con where they laid out everything until 2027, and apparently the sixth phase of the MCU, they said they actually put the dates in there. One was November, one was May. And it's supposed to be the first part Avengers, which is going to be called Avengers Kang Dynasty or something. So it goes into Kang the Conqueror that we talked about Loki. And then the other one is the second part, which is Avengers Secret Wars. Secret Wars, man. I'm really excited yeah. for Secret Wars, for sure. I don't know, man. It's like I'm excited. It's just like we were talking about this earlier today. I don't know if it's just they're putting out so much quantity Maybe some of the movies haven't held up to expectation. We know why No Way Home was successful. Like, there is no secret there. Like, I mean, it, just like you said a couple of weeks ago, it's been 20 years since Tobey Maguire was on screen. Jon Snow has only been out of the picture three years. <laughs> so, I mean, just a side note there. But So we know why that was successful. But in your opinion, why do you think, like, the MCU has been kind of shaky on some things uh, i mean they've still been really successful shang chi was but then you had something like eternals that was just kind of thrown out there that we did review on the show versus remember uh like in season one when we went over our rankings because those movies were already out like infinity war in game but even going back 10 years ago you know you had iron man kill it that was the original iron man you had uh captain america the first avenger did really well was it just because these were building blocks that people really wanted to see? Or they were movies that came out of nowhere? Or they're just putting out so much stuff now on streaming and feature films that maybe it's just all kinds of directors just throwing ideas? It's a really good question. I, I don't have a, a, a concrete answer. I can give my opinion on what 
I think happens is that I think the pandemic with having to halt a lot of production put, pushed a lot of things back. And so I don't know if it's a, it's a race to kind of catch up with the timeline they had in mind originally or what the deal was on, on that side of things when it comes to the timeline. But I also think that there is an information race in the world, right? Everyone wants to be the first to do something. And so it seems to me that there's a lot more uh, material coming out a lot sooner than it seemed to be in the past. Like, how many years was it between Iron Man 1 and 2? I, I don't feel like it was, it was a pretty decent amount of time, right? Where, you know, we're getting these back-to-back movies here pretty quickly. We, we talk about, you know, we're mentioning between all the Marvel movies that are out now, and especially, I know you mentioned Eternals. I also thought that that was not not my favorite movie by a long shot. <laughs> uh, but then another one that we're going to review here, and you know, we'll get into a little bit, I also didn't love either uh, of the ma- major Marvel characters. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't have an answer as to why... Uh, somewhere hit and misses because it seemed that for the longest time, for a good ten-year stretch, maybe a good twelve-year stretch, Marvel couldn't miss. Like you know, they—I mean—they had that real bad Iron Man three. Like that was absolute garbage. <laughs> that was. Bad. But yeah, but for the most part, I mean, if, with all—I don't know at that point in time, twenty-seven films or whatever it was. You know, maybe one or two were in, but like for the most part, if you can make twenty-five out of twenty-seven films, great. Like that's pretty damn good. You know, it does seem to be more of. Um, like a back and forth now, like a, like you know, some come out really really great. Like like I really enjoyed the Spider-Man movie, right? I mean, I, th- I thought there was little tweaks that could have made it better, but for the most part, like I didn't come out of that theater disappointed. You know, I came out of the theater for Eternals very disappointed. I had all the highest expectations in the world for that, and I came out like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, and and you know, for me, this is really interesting, and I I don't want to give it too much away because we're going to cover this one as well too, but. You know, the, the, the new multiverse movie, I don't want to give too much away on it, but I had mixed feelings about that as well. I thought things were done very well, you know, and things things could have been improved upon, and that's all I'll say for now on it, but you know, it's, I just think, I don't know if it's a rush or if it's, it, maybe we go, maybe people are going away from the basis in terms of the comics. They, I think that's what did Marvel really well, is they, they did real good cornerstone like foundation building blocks like you mentioned of the core four of the avengers right they did a great job with iron man did a great job with thor did a great job with hulk did a great job with captain america and you know i mean the hulk you, know, you can say this or that yeah I mean, there, there's some good things about the hulk that i liked and uh, there's some eh, things about the hulk film series that i was like eh, about whatever point being is that the majority of them were done really well and so maybe we hold movies to a higher standard because they they took their time and really wanted to be, like, they wanted it to impress and ca- captivate our, our attention, and they've done so now. And now that you know we're pretty much sucked into it, it's almost like when a football player gets that big contract, he plays his ass off, like balls out, gets like record numbers, and he gets that big contract. He's like, all right, well now I don't have to try as hard anymore. You know, I already got everyone watching, I got all the endorsements, everyone's uh, you know on my side now, so I don't have to put as much effort in. I don't know if maybe they have a little bit, bit of that going on. I think it's very possible and. On top of that, too, we also got to think back from the comic books, too. Not every comic was as good as the following comic, you know what I mean? Like, the original comics that were amazing, like, talking about Spider-Man, talking about, you know, like, Iron Man, Captain America, 
Thor, those are great comics, and maybe some of the things that followed, if you go back and read those comics, I'm sure that there's some that you're not going to like as much as maybe you know, some of the cornerstone pieces, you know what I mean? So, And if, if they are following along well with, with the, these comics, those it's very likely that they just aren't as good as stuff that you liked better, you know? Who knows? I think that's a good piece of it, too. I guess I want to ask what your thoughts on that are. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I My thought is, so when... Keep in mind, when uh, Iron Man and Captain America, the first Avenger, and the first Thor film, and, you know, really the building blocks of Marvel came about, right? It was um, really specific directors that were chosen, and a lot of them would actually do multiple film series. And they would kind of stick with these sets, like a set of original directors that they had. And it's almost like they have so much material coming out which is a good thing i mean there's never a it's kind of like uh, the issue we have here <laughs> we have so much material to cover but that's never a bad thing like we won't run out of it right um but with that being said it's it's kind of like you know when you have so many different director views it might not necessarily line up with what I guess exactly what audiences are looking forward to see. I still think there's a plan in place. I just think it's taking time to get there is what I think. Um, the one we'll cover in a couple weeks, I'll say it was very comic accurate. However, when compared to the book, that I read that it was supposed to be based off of, there was major chunks that were left out because it's almost like kind of like Lord of the Rings, how we did that and there were different pieces they were trying to put in different places. I could tell because I read that book that it's based on major, probably the biggest portion of that book they didn't even have in there because it looks like they're trying to set that up for a future installment or something. But I don't know. It's just an interesting question. But it is funny, you know, during the pandemic, we had almost everything was on a standstill. At the same time, um, now it's like you have this influx of material that's just kind of being dumped on everybody, uh, where it's not that they're all not on the same page. I just think personally, I think it's a lot of different directors for different standalone films. Yeah, and here's the thing is we can't have the same directors always run everything you know what i mean they they have a lot of different projects just for example like john favreau he was really heavily involved in iron man but he also is doing the mandalorian he's also involved in other star wars productions as well too so it's like it's hard You, you can only take on so many projects and give each project the level of attention required to do a great job with it you know so you've almost got to pick and choose and which ones you go all out for, you know what I mean? It's so I mean you ha- you can't have the same directors do every single film. It's just not feasible. <laughs> it's not it's not right. something that they can do. So and honestly, I, I like giving other people chances to add their interpretations into it. And there's some things that are done that are exciting. Like oh wow, that that was a really cool addition. But again, then we run into the other issues of you know how how do we make a good balance? And I think this was what we talked about a little bit two weeks ago. And talking about the second 
differences episode between Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, uh, extended edition of the film versus the novel counterpart, was how do we go ahead and, and balance what's enjoyable to see on screen and really cool visuals and action, but also incorporate a level of accuracy to what it's based off of. So if you can right. if you can hit a good balance, because I mean I mean if you're going to hit the exact same thing linear storyline and it's 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 almost scene for scene, then you're pretty much just watching what you're reading, and so it's not there's there's going to be a level of of uh, almost dis not I wouldn't say disinterest, but you're not going to get a, a, a lot of excitement because people know everything that's going to happen. So you can't you can't follow it exactly like to the core word for word scene for scene. But you can also just add a bunch of like nonsense, you know, transformer style, just to watch shit blow up and think it's gonna be cool and people are gonna enjoy it either. It's got to be a good balance of the two. Meet somewhere in the middle on it. Uh, then you know, it's just I, I want to see, especially up and comers, giving the people the chance to, you know, give their take and their interpretation and their adaptations from you know whether it be book series, comics, whatever you know, that whatever the original sources how to you know contrive it from that and, and you know put it into a an enjoyable on screen while while still maintaining a level of accuracy so uh, it, it is difficult man and I I know that we kind of just talked a little bit about what why certain things are hits and certain things are misses I was curious to you because you know we were talking about specifically what we've done this season and, and the topics that we've covered curious to you as to you know, I know Spider-Man was one of your favorite. Spider-Man is your favorite Marvel character. I think he's your favorite superhero period in all of the universes. If I'm not mistaken, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you got that right. Perfect. So I'm just curious as to so far up into this point, what has been maybe your least favorite part, or maybe the least favorite production that you covered? Uh, you know, some of the struggles or challenges that you've had. You know, while working through here on the topics that we covered for season two of After Fantasy. Yeah, great question. Um, I think the toughest part has been, like, for instance, like Eternals. Like, it, it's tough to cover things that I don't truly um, get enjoyment about what I'm watching. But, you know, that's part of what we do. Like, just because we don't like it, if it's a hot topic, we're going to make sure it's covered. We cover the hottest topics here. We weren't the biggest fans of Rise of Skywalker, and we let everyone know. <laughs> like, you know, that's just part of it. So... I think like Eternals was probably, you know, one of my least favorite. Um, it's let's see, that's tough because there hasn't been really anything this season. I just haven't really enjoyed. Like I, I really liked pretty much all of it. I even loved doing Van Helsing. <laughs> like that was a cool like Halloween episode we did. You know, um, I think you know. Uh, challenges see here's the thing you can say lord of the rings is like the most challenging the season i guess technically it is for me because the books you know the way they're written in pentameter um some of them were slow reads and it was kind of hard to get through but at the same time i think because of what we did in season one it felt like a breeze to me like it, it really didn't feel difficult at all like Overall, um, out of everything we've done, I think the hardest for me was Harry Potter. But that's just because of the detail it went into. Uh, what about you? What's your least favorite from the season? And then overall this season, what's the hardest thing? 
and what's your hardest overall you've done between both seasons? So my least favorite, it's also probably going to be Eternals, just simply because I was really excited for the film. When that was announced, even before I heard the cast, I really wanted, I was really into what that could have turned in. Like, I don't know if I've mentioned this at all, I don't know if I've told the story before, but um, when I was growing up, my stepdad, he collected cards of all sorts. Uh, he had baseball cards, he had like Dragon Ball Z cards, he had Marvel cards. And one of the coolest Marvel cards was a Celestial, and obviously a Celestial's name was Galactus. And and it, on these Marvel cards, if you guys have ever seen them, it shows their power rankings, like almost like their attributes and how far along the scale they are. And this Galactus was just all the way, like it was infinite everything. And I thought that was the coolest thing, and it just looked badass. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, we're gonna get an introduction to start this whole battle here. The Celestials are gonna be introduced, and. I was just really, really looking forward to it just because it's something that resonated me with as a child, something I grew up and I didn't know terribly too much about, but always wanted to, to learn more. And uh, when that came out, I was one, I think I went the opening day, honestly, I think I went the opening day to the Eternals and I sat in there, I sat by myself in the corner, had my little notes out and I'm like ready to watch it and I'm super excited, like smiling and then like about... <laughs> 30 minutes in, I'm just like, oh, I hope this doesn't continue like this. And then it sure as hell did continue like that. And I was, I left the theater just like, wow, man. So I would say that would probably be my least favorite uh, subject that we covered. In terms of the most difficult part in season two here at Factor Fantasy, I think that that one night that you and I, I went over to your place and was reading the, the middle chapters of the two towers when we were talking <laughs> about like when the Ents were having their deliberation and I don't know, the corresponding chapters, whether that was like number three or whatever in between that five that we were watching or yeah, reading, it just, that was so difficult. I, I remember that I, I, I didn't end up finishing till so late in the morning or so early in the morning if you want to talk about it that way. You know, it ended up taking me to... Partially the next day, I'm thinking five chapters. I can knock five chapters out like nothing. But man, I was drowsy. I was like, like just trying to stay focused on this damn thing, and that that was probably the most difficult part so far of season two. Was that moment where we're in the middle? Because like, think about it. It was the middle of the whole series itself. We had finished Fellowship of the Ring. We had talked about the first part of the Two Towers. We're like right in the middle of that, and then we got to finish Two Towers, and we got to get into Return of the King. And so we're, we're like smack dab in the middle. So it still seems like we got so far to go, and we've already come like a decent amount of way. So there's no turning back, and it's just like the the it just was a slow, slow read, and it, that was a really rough, rough patch there. That those specific five chapters that we covered. Uh, specifically, you know, mentioning the deliberation of the ends and what their decision was going to be in terms of going to war, uh, it was that was probably my most difficult part so far. This most difficult night that I had in regards to season two, Factor Fantasy. Uh, overall, between the two seasons, I obviously I, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think Harry Potter was very difficult because of the way we decided to cover. It. I think a lot of that was our error, to be honest, trying to put a lot of information into. Uh, specific episodes as opposed to you know doing what we did for Lord of the Rings and realizing hey we might have 
however many episodes, but we're going to make sure that it's, it's concise, it makes sense, and it's not overwhelming. And so because if, if, if we're thinking it's possibly overwhelming to, to listen to, imagine what it was for us trying to, to take all the notes down <laughs> and then right. making sure that we had all the proper information. And then on top of that, I gave it up to Chase because I didn't even want to be part of the interesting facts stuff that he did. I, like, I, made, <laughs> I, I was like, dude, if you want to do that, go ahead. But like, we can't add any more to the episodes at the end like we were. Like, if you want to do an interesting facts thing, you've got to make like a little side thing of it. And he's like, well, I'm going to do that because I want to make sure everything's on. So credit to him. He decided to take that on himself and... You know, he did he did the extra work on that and you know so I, I can say it was difficult for me and it was you know, making sure that we I detailed everything possible from Harry Potter including those differences between the films and the books because I'll tell you what those films did not follow those books very well at all we've already I'm not gonna beat a dead horse because we talk about it a lot but man like you can imagine how long it took to watch a two-hour film probably took me about four and a half hours to watch a two-hour film <laughs> just to sit there stop and take all notes down of all the bullshit but anyways, uh, you know, like throw myself off the astronomy tower. Yeah, man, I I felt like I should at that point. But, you know, so yeah, I'm I'm with you, dude. I think that Harry Potter was was the, our toughest challenge to date. I'm happy that we got everything out, and we de- definitely didn't leave any information out of it. Could we have made some improvements to make it better? Sure, but you know, that's that's the learning curve, and and you know, that's what why we've made the changes that we have so far in season two, and why it's. You know, like you mentioned, you've had nowhere near the level of burnout that you had for season yeah. one, and I agree with you 100. percent It's you know, it's it's one of those things that you know when <laughs> you realize something works, <laughs> you, you start doing the thing that works. A little you take the path of least resistance as as opposed to the most resistance, right? So, um, yeah, that I, I agree with you. I think Harry Potter has been the most challenging aspect and, and subject that we've covered so far, uh, up to date. You know, between season one and season two. Um, curious. What do you think has been, I don't want to say the easiest, but what has been like the most fun? Like the specifically, like when you covered it, you really enjoyed doing XYZ episode. Me personally, I loved the Van Helsing episode. <laughs> like we've had a couple of reviews on it. It wasn't one we were just expecting to be like, hey, like this labeled the season, like this is it. But it was fun to do, man. It it really took me back like to when I was a kid and I was sitting in, I told you, I saw that movie with my dad in the dollar theater, like back when dollar theaters were a thing. And, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman, we never get to see him on screen anymore. And then, you know, you had the vampires there, <laughs> which is really, hello, Anna. <laughs> so I, I really liked it. Sometimes, like, those one-shot episodes are cool just to, you know, even if it's kind of like a special holiday episode that we get to do here, which is really fun. And uh, as far as series, you know, I really like The Witcher. Like, I was impressed with it. I love um, how it's kind of a mix, speaking of, like, Van Helsing. Like, it kind of is a mix where you have, like, the monsters to it. But also, it's like you're kind of watching uh, Game of Thrones mixed with Harry Potter. You kind of have like a mix of all three in a way. Uh, so that's kind of been my favorite series. But I really did like the Van Helsing episode, man. I, I like it. What about you, brother? It's kind of funny, and it, it's going to maybe sound like a primacy recency answer. But my favorite episode that we've done so far in season two was last week's episode with the Lord of the Rings rankings. It was so exciting to be able to put... That an awesome series like to bed with a really cool ending of giving uh, our top fives and reasonings behind mm-hmm. everything. Like I just I love sharing my inner thoughts on something that meant so much to me growing up. Like Lord of the Rings was a cornerstone fantasy fiction franchise for me, 
and being able to you know not so much provide information that you can find in a book or uh, watching on screen but you know d diving deep into like what makes me me you know what i mean like I, I got to give people an insight of what i view as important and when it comes to characters or moments and and things of that nature so for me that was really fun because i got to it, it was one of those quote-unquote off script things i know we, we always mention mm -hmm. we don't have a script but we don't have to you know really be focused on the material that needs to be covered it's more about what we think about certain situations and characters and moments and whatever and we can we can put that out there and it's a hundred percent genuine and it's a hundred percent from my my heart my brain and i can i can verbalize it and communicate it to people and they can get to know me a little bit better so for me that's been my favorite part so far of season two overall as a series and, and you know I've, I've loved the witcher since season one i'm a big witcher guy but i also really enjoyed the mandalorian and what yeah, i love so good. much about the, the Mandalorian season two that we covered here in Factor Fantasy season two is the fact that we were able to cover a few episodes in one podcast episode and still be able to say that we tackled the major key aspects of it. You know what I mean? You know, we, we were able to you know do, I think, what was it? We did three, three, and two, I believe that's what we did, right? That's, that's yep. how, we, how we tackled mm -hmm. it. Three episodes in the first one, three episodes in the second one, and then we had two episodes to close out Mandalorian. And, and I just think that worked out really, really well. It was a level of efficiency, but a good combination of having the, the necessary detail as well. And, you know, as opposed to Mandalorian season one, it was a little bit different like we did back in Fact Fantasy season one. So that was the first time we got to really implement the efficiencies that we tried to build upon, you know, where we wanted to correct some of the things we didn't didn't love as much about season one of factor fantasy we got to you know incorporate the changes and that was the first real series we did and we got to like i said put those new things in try those new new uh, additives and efficiencies and I, I believe it worked out in our favor i think it worked out a lot better and you know as we kind of tackled that the way it's come through as well you know talk about all the other things that we covered in terms of series format would we go to loki we did the same sort of deal and then we went to witcher and we said hey instead of putting and trying to force a bunch of stuff let's just do one episode for each episode of the witcher because we know there's a lot of detail in it. it's like you know this is important so you know that i think that so far really set the tone for season two talking about the uh the mandalorian season two and what I kind of wanted to do, just to, I just want to kind of give a refresher of everything that we've done in order up until this point, and then I want to transition into where we're going to be doing going forward. So we we obviously started the season two of Factor Fantasy with uh, Venom, then we moved into Shang Chi. That there were both two standalone films to start us off. Then we jumped into the Van Helsing Halloween special because the reason we did that, if you guys don't remember, our our episode premiered directly on Halloween. It wasn't like the Halloween weekend. It was October thirty first. <laughs> Van yeah. Helsing came out, so you know like that's what we put it. We put that episode out on October thirty first. I should say I'm not saying the movie came out on October thirty first, but anyways. <laughs> then we jumped into the Mandalorian season two series. Then we did the Eternal standalone. We bounced back from that tragedy with uh, the Loki season one. <laughs> <laughs> then from Loki uh, season one, we jumped into the Spider Man No Way Home standalone. Then we decided, hey, we're gonna close out the year of 2021 with a sick Spider Man films ranking episode, and we just went through all the. You know, the, the three Tobey Maguire's, the two Andrew Garfield's, and the three Tom Holland's. And, you know, we decided to, to do that. And that ranking was fun. Then we jumped right into The Witcher Season 2. Like we mentioned, we decided to do it one episode per each podcast episode. And then we went into the Batman standalone. We both were really impressed with that for a DC film. That Man, that was really fucking good. And then right after the Batman, we have jumped into The Lord of the Rings. And that has been our big major arc up into this point. And so... That kind of brings us where we are today here given the mid-season state of the union 
And now to talk a little bit about what we're gonna do going forward, I'll go ahead and introduce the topic that we're gonna be jumping into next week and I'll let Chase go ahead and tell you what we're, we're gonna be covering after that and, and really how we're gonna close this season out by the end of the year. So uh, what we're going to be covering next is going to be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think it's going to be another standalone movie. We're going to do it very similar to the way that we've done Venom, the Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, the Batman. We're going to be doing it just like that, uh, breaking it down, key moments. We're going to talk about things that we loved about it, things that we thought improvements could have been made upon, all those good things. So we're going to be starting you know, this next part, the second half of Season 2 here, off with... Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think it's going to be a great episode. I think that uh, people can learn a few things. I think it's going to be fun. There was a lot of interesting quips in there, and and uh, I, I really do think that's a good way to you know kick off the second half of season two. And I'll go ahead and let Chase introduce what we're going to be doing after that. Next one after that, my uh, second favorite superhero. And I didn't mind this one. It definitely needed some improvements. But we are doing Thor Love and Thunder after that. And it's going to be awesome, man. You know, I, I know that one's going to spark a lot of controversy. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we've definitely gone back and forth on that. Um, but so if you haven't seen that, uh, kind of get up to date on it. You can see it now in theaters. And then uh, we'll be covering it here. Um, in a few weeks from now and then I'll let uh, Jay Nelly jump into what's after that a big one yeah what's after uh, Thor Love and Thunder we're going to jump into another series arc so those are going to be two standalones we're going to do back to back and then we're going to jump into a series and we are going to tackle the critically acclaimed Obi-Wan series it's the six episodes and we're going to do that in the same level of style we did for The Witcher we're going to do one podcast episode per series episode. So we're going to do that. And, you know, we're going to not only we're going to cover the major key things, we're going to talk about what we like to see on screen and talk about stuff that either was a mist or plot holes that we can find any. And on top of that, where we hope it goes from there, if we want maybe potentially another season or maybe a spin or whatever it may be, we're going to we're going to cover all those things in the Obi-Wan series. But you're going to get at least six episodes out of that, and probably seven with the, you know, we always want to do one last one to maybe, you know, put things into perspective and, you know, just always like to tie things up in a nice knot before we move on to the next topic. And, you know, speaking of the next topic we'll be covering after the Obi-Wan series, I'll turn it over to Chase because, you know, he's got the fire in his blood there. So I'll go ahead and, <laughs> and, and let the Targaryen speak. <laughs> this one's a big one, man. Like right when you thought like we did the biggest one of the season, and Star Wars big. Like, I, I don't think, you know, that's, you know, it's basically two audiences that can't be compared, but we still got one big one left for you. We're doing House of the Dragon, baby. Let's go. Let's go back into the world of thrones. Here we are. It is going to be badass. We are ending season two on a high note. Um, it is going to be awesome, which we'll probably have you know, one more episode after that's over just to kind of tie everything up in a bow before uh, you guys are, you know, have a nice break from us for a while. But uh, don't worry, we're, you know, do like we always do, leave you, uh, you know, biting your lips for a while, wondering what's happened, but don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry, we will be coming back, but um, that's going to be awesome. And 
And what I'll say, because I've actually read the book Fire and Blood that this is based off of, and we covered um, what's funny is in our if you go back to our bonus episode, we have a lot of detail on this uh, where Jane Ellie and I actually covered this first back in 2020, uh, but it was more like a summary on it. But just remember, this is that civil war between uh, literally the Targaryen house and how that kind of starts to... Um, you know, all the everything kind of starts to spiral out of control from there. And and what's funny is um, what I really love about our I call them kind of our major key franchises here um, that we've done, which, of course, Harry Potter is like a, you know, that's a, a juggernaut on its own that we have. And I think that's it's we're not covering fantastic beasts like sorry i never want to say never because you never know but (laughs) but but like leave the classic where it is man like that's excellent but what's funny is the other ones like mcu game of thrones i don't know what george is doing but he definitely wants to continue this universe and then you have uh, the witcher like these really major franchises even lord of the rings even though we just got done with lord of the rings we're still not quite done. It, it'll be a little different. It'll be different, that's for sure. But it, it, it's cool because we get to uh, definitely, it's kind of like we don't have to fully say goodbye. Like, yes, it's very different and it's not exactly the same, which is why we're not doing Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> because we're not we're not going to mess with the classics. But at the same time, um, it it definitely at least brings some sort of a sense of nostalgia there and i don't know about you man but i'm stoked to see those dragons on screen what about you yeah i'm really excited to see the dragons as well and like what's really cool about this is is that there are no books to compare it to outside of the one book right like the the Mm -hmm. it's called fire and blood is that the name of the the book that it's based off of Fire and Blood, and and what's funny about that, it's not, just to clear this up with the audience, it's not like A Song of Ice and Fire, how you have those books and they're told almost like Lord of the Rings in chronological order. This is more comparing to something like The Silmarillion. This is was told in almost like a historical event through the tale of a person named Mushroom who was... Uh, like Tyrion, basically. Um, so, and what I'll say about this is it's really more of a tragic story. Um, I won't get all into it, but all I'll say is, so a lot of people uh, try to compare Rhaenyria, that's the main character, with Daenerys, and that's just straight not true. Just because they have blonde hair, and ju- everyone loves I love Daenerys and the reason why is because what she originally stood for she stood for making everyone break free and she was about helping the little people um, before season 8 and unfortunately this story is about two houses that in the end really are out for only themselves but (laughs) but it brings a lot of fucking action (laughs) so I'm stoked man so I'm looking forward to it what about you yeah I don't know I just I, I what I'm like about this is the fact that it's going to be hard to ruin it's like that's what i was trying to get at there is that you know with season eight game of thrones i believe i don't think any mm-hmm. real big 
crazy fan of the series loved the way that Game of Thrones ended. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that books were not released yet that draw a conclusion. And so, you know, up until about midway, you know, through season six, maybe, you know, season five was probably the last real, quote-unquote, semi-accurate as to how the events Mm -hmm. came from the novel. But they, like I said, we, we have to keep that balance of, you know accuracy but also and like enjoyability and what you like to right. see on screen so point being is that i i don't think that they're going to be able to anyone whoever who the rubber the writers are of this show i don't believe they're going to be able to mess this up like i think i hope not i don't want to say i'm going to knock on some wood <laughs> i'm going to knock on some wood man it's just like i feel that because they're doing this this season based on just one book like you don't have to go crazy with it. like you know you don't have to try to you know, keep up but you can take your time and do this right and i really hope they do but again you know we've been proved wrong before so like i'm not gonna get my hopes way too far but i am excited about house of the dragon i think it's gonna be a really exciting series it's not the spin-off series i wanted to see first but i am excited to see it overall because i do believe that the game of thrones universe it really does captivate its watchers, its listeners, whatever you want to, you know, the audience as a whole. But, you know, I will say this. I, and this this is not confirmed. It, I guess it's a rumor at this point, but they are kind of in, I guess, talks at, at the very least of potentially doing another spinoff series. So the the ones that we've heard of so far, I, I think this one is confirmed, the, 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 the Snow series, talking about like the, the almost the Jon Snow type of deal. But they're also, we're discussing... Like following Arya's character and like the whatever's west of Westeros, but my biggest thing that I really wanted to see, and I've mentioned this a lot last year as well, especially towards the end of Game of Thrones, is that I would really love to see the the events of Robert's Rebellion, yeah, and I awesome. I like we I we were able to see that there is a source I don't know how accurate it was that they were in talks at least for consideration at HBO for tackling. Uh, Robert's Rebellion, and that would be a lot of fun. I would really want to see that. I, I, I think that's just a lot of. I want to know the, the the historical context of what leads into it, right? You know, we don't ever start from the beginning of time type of deal, but I, I would really like to see the events of Robert's Rebellion. And you know what? On top of that, too, and this is just a little bit off topic, not crazy so much because it does something that we tackled in in season one of Factor Fantasy, but. I know we had mentioned it'd be really great if HBO could do a Harry Potter reboot in sort of like a series format. If they don't want to give us that, I would settle for like a, a series about the Marauders growing up. I would love Absolutely. a prequel about the re- Marauders. I would Chase always enjoyed maybe the found like the the founding house members and, and you know following them along. And I'm not as interested in that, but I would absolutely love to see a prequel surrounding the Marauders, of, you know, in the, yeah. in the Harry Potter series. I think that'd be cool to see James and Sirius and Lupin in school, you know, figure they, they just learning and, and causing mischief, and you know, the first real big war with Voldemort and the the original Order of the Phoenix, how that was formed. I think that would be so sick, man. I really do. I think it'd be, it'd be really cool. And watching them, you know, up up until the point where, where Voldemort tries to kill Harry, you know, where everything looked bleak and like, like they were going to lose and it was going to be, you know, the Dark Ages there. It was just, um, I would love to see that on screen. So uh, if anyone out there at HBO is listening, hey, man, just just give us, give us, give us the Marauders, <laughs> man. Give us a prequel on the Marauders for Harry Potter, please. I'll be a happy camper. But 
I don't know. What are some things that you would be looking forward to seeing here in the future with some of these shows? And you know, what like from your like what you like I said, like your desires. What would you would want to see going forward? Yeah, no, great question. Um, I mean, just like you said, I mean, Robert Civilian would be badass. If anyone wants to go back and listen, you know, that was part of that. Ironically, you can hear about both of those on that same episode. This House of the Dragon and Robert Civilian. There, remember that's where, uh, you know. Robert literally hit a Rhaegar with that hammer and the rubies went everywhere, but he kind of got betrayed. I won't give it away. Go back and listen to our episode, but it'd be amazing to see that on screen and whoever would play Rhaegar, I would imagine would just be like a badass. would have to be an absolute badass. And it'd be really cool because you could kind of, I mean, maybe they would have to CGI a little bit, but if they got, um, uh, Nick, what's his name Nicola Waldo or whatever to be like a young Jamie Lannister and we got to see like the Kingslayer <laughs> for the first time that'd be I mean, super cool we wouldn't be able to see him himself as that actor We'd have, someone would have to play a younger version like, just, no, yeah. 100% would be too young like it'd be like, him as a teenager he wouldn't be able to pull that off yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I guess it worked with like which something we're not covering here like The Hobbit remember they had uh, Orlando Bloom come back <laughs> but I guess he's like an elf <laughs> so right. he doesn't age exactly. but um yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess since we're not covering this, I'll, I'll bring it up on a side topic. Like, why is it, what's your opinion on, like, Fantastic Beasts and why it hasn't been successful? Well, I just don't think that there was a big, huge clamoring for it to begin with. You know, they were supposed to be, like, anecdotal books that were just fun reads mm-hmm. To, to keep people entertained after the Harry Potter series was over. Like, oh, here's some little, you know, side things. I don't believe it was ever really meant to be, like, a big series. And then, on top of that, they, they, it's not even the Fantastic Beast. I, I, I don't care about it. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just not interested. What I do not like <laughs> are, are the Crimes of Grindelwald movies that they came out with. Like, why? Yeah, what the yeah, fuck was that? Because it's all part like, of, like, you know what I mean? that thing. Like, I... Which, you know, let me rephrase that just to be clear. Like, it doesn't mean it hasn't been successful, but not near as successful as the original series. So, which is kind of weird too, because the original film series is successful, like like monstrously successful, but it Monstrous. sucks. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like the movie, the movie, se- <laughs> I mean, the movie yeah, series I mean, are so it, bad. It, it, <laughs> like it a- was. Keep in mind, for films, I will say, like, I don't mind just sitting down and watching them, though. Sure. Like, I mean, I, okay. Yes. I will agree with you to that point. Yeah, to your credit, that, that's just accurate. I don't mind sitting and watching it and enjoying what I see on screen. But like when you start to compare it to the actual story and what happens in Harry Potter, that's when you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, this isn't Harry yeah. Potter. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, you know, I just, I just <laughs> I, I don't think that there was enough context or background information for them to pull a movie and do a great job with it for the crimes of Grindelwald you know everything that they they came up with it just uh, it was almost out of the clear blue sky you know what I mean I don't know how how involved JK Rowling was in the making of those films if she was involved at all I'm not sure but it just wasn't captivating because it wasn't a story that we grew up with like we grew up yeah. with Harry Potter, like we, were, we were kids. Like we were the same age. Like I would think I was eleven when Harry's eleven. Back when like, the fucking you know whatever the the Sorcerer's Stone came out. Well, but I, I forget what year the Sorcerer's Stone came out. Maybe it was ninety eight. If I'm not mistaken, ninety was it ninety eight? Ninety six. Was it ninety six? So okay, I was four years old, right? So, uh, so that was a little bit of an exaggeration on on, on my part. I was born in ninety two, but um, yeah. So I guess for me, it's like I, I felt like I got to grow into the person that I was with Harry 
You know what I mean? I got to follow along with the story. And so that, and as I grew up with it, and that, you know, you have that level of nostalgia and that emotional connection because you were going through the same kind of trials as, as Harry was, just like being a teenager. Because I will say in 2007, I believe, that I was, what, he was 17 years old, and I think I was 16. Or fifteen. Yeah. I was fifteen or sixteen. Mm-hmm. So like I'm right around the same age as Harry when these when like the Deathly Hallows came out, and this was like the end all thing. Yeah. And so like I grew I grew with him all the way from. Did you end up looking up what what date it was released? The uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, by the way. Yeah, let me see. I was tr- of course like when you type in like because everyone knows the book was originally called Philosopher's Stone, and then they changed it for the American edition. Um, I was trying to find it here. Hold on one second. Um, And because it just uh, it was released. Okay, I had I gotta correct that. June twenty sixth, nineteen ninety seven. That's when it was released. Okay, now that was was that the the UK release or was that this was the UK release? So of course they changed it into the american one i was just saying the first time so okay so the 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 one i actually looked it up for the u.s release so it was released in the united states september 1st 1998 so i was was kind of writing my first thing and so 1998 i was six years old i you know was starting just to start kindergarten and learning to read and you know so like i said i I really got to grow along with the story like growing up and so like i said you have a deep emotional connection with these characters especially if you were an avid reader back then and so it just was never going to be as big of a hit with these the spin-off series because we didn't care too much about them. They weren't something that we grew with. We didn't have an emotional connection, so I didn't give a fuck what the, the girl of Grindelwald was doing. Like, I didn't, I didn't give right. a shit. Like, the crimes of Grindelwald, and I, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And maybe if we had gotten some more backgrounds or there were side novels, even if there were short stories just talked about that, that really detailed some of these things and they, they, based it off, they based the films off of that, I, maybe I would have been more interested, but... To be honest, I just I, I didn't care, and yeah. then I watched what I saw. I'm just like, it doesn't really seem like like Harry Potter, you know what I mean? And so it was yeah. just to me, they were just I don't want to say cash grabs, but in a way, it just was a lot of big booms and bangs on screen, and almost did try to did, tried to capitalize on nostalgia by bringing in a, a Harry Potter esque you know back on screen. That's what I would say right. so far. So I don't know that that's why I think the way I think on these like spin-off films for Harry Potter such as uh, Fantastic Beasts and Crimes of Grindelwald. I don't know. What do you think about it? I agree. I, I think people... Because here's the thing. it's I think this is what people are missing. is It's different than the Game of Thrones universe and something like even if you have the Witcher universe how they're doing Blood Origins and even... Um, you know, even Lord of the Rings and, and Star Wars and stuff, because the difference is with Harry Potter, we were following three main kids. And this was the first time, just like you said, we really grew up with them. So whether it compared exactly or not, you wanted to see them on screen because you wanted to see them age with you. Like even, you know, I think Goblet of Fire is not a very good film. However, <laughs> watching it was great because remember that was the first time you had the yule ball you almost felt like being as a kid at that time that's when you almost had like the school dances starting at that age so you're like oh my word like finally like even this is so cheesy but 
like the fifth one, you're like, oh man, Carrie, Harry finally kissed a girl. Like, ah, I remember doing that. Like, that's kind of the thing. And that's what they're missing. Like, almost like even going back to Game of Thrones, like the reason we love characters like Jon Snow, Daenerys, and Arya, and that people forget all those seasons, they didn't come out all at once. And even if you did binge them, you watched them grow through that series. It wasn't like they just happened to be there. Like, Keller Grindelwald that they just threw in. Yeah, you hear about him in the book, but he's already like an older man at that point. Like I don't like I'm not like growing any character attachment to this person. We're the same with Lord of the Rings, you know. We didn't just automatically get attached to Legolas and and Gimli because they were sitting at the council or Boromir. You know, you went on this entire journey with them and learned more about them. Same thing with Frodo and Sam. If we just read about Frodo and Sam standing in the Shire and they told us some backstory on how yeah Frodo and Sam you know they climb Mount Doom and they have a really good history now on over to Gandalf we wouldn't give a fuck about Frodo and Sam like cool like I, I don't really care about that then that's clearly not part of the story so I think it's it's the growing with characters and and I my personal opinion I think that's what they lack which is why it hasn't it has had success because harry potter franchise fans i mean they're there but it hasn't had the success of what the original franchise is um so that's my opinion what other uh questions did you have today before we wrap up honestly you know i want to say something as well too about one of my favorite parts about the season that i didn't get a chance to talk about not that i didn't get a chance to it just had kind of slipped yeah. my mind but one thing that I, I am really happy about that we accomplished this season is that we finally found a cover art that we can use that, and, and really represent our brand in all, in all ways, shapes, and forms. You know, we, we've gone through three major cover arts, right? Our, our initial one from season one. We we had the like us on on like almost an adventurous type background, but with other characters involved as well from other stories, and they, that kind of gave us an issue. And then we moved into one that was kind of similar to what we have now, but it just had Chase and I on one side and the other, almost like in a de- debate type format, like how we hold our episodes, and and that was cool and all. And then we realized, you know, hey, well, how can we improve and make this something that. Yeah, everyone could enjoy, right? You know, when you're wearing a T-shirt, you know, why would, do you want to wear a T-shirt with people you don't really know on them, right? So how how can we really make this in, incorporate and in, in fun for everyone? And it it took a long time, and, and I'll be honest, I'm not a great artist. I don't have a, a lot of artistic creative. Like I've I think I've got a creative mind, but I'm just not good at you know creating things uh, and and bringing them from my mind on screen and. And this is one of the very few times I was actually able to do that. In my head, I had an idea of what I wanted our, our cover art to be and our brand. And, and when people think of Factor Fantasy, what, what image comes to their mind? And I, I had it in my head from the very, very beginning. And, and slowly and slowly, we were able to kind of realize the exact image that I wanted. And, and I put in so much work on this, this iPad tablet on the Sketch app. And it took me, I don't know if I've worked. And this is the craziest part because... I worked so hard on this over a period of time. I think it probably took me 17 hours in total. 
but I was happy to do it. There was not one part of that where I was stressed out where I put it away or like, oh man, I'll just cover this. And I was, I was the guy. I was gonna work all the way through until I made it right because I was just so excited to to be able to bring something that I visualized to life and and really have it represent what we do here. And I just I, I really am very proud of that. It's a moment in, in of this season that we have really found the the artwork and the branding that we can use for however Chase and I however long Chase and I decide to run this podcast show. So I, I that is another thing that I am actually really, really, really proud of and I really wanted to bring attention to because I really don't think that people understand the level of time it, it takes to go into that. Because at, at first we mm-hmm. tried to hire outside artists to assist us just simply because we're I, I, I'm not technically skilled at, at creating uh, I, I creating art. I'm not. I'll be 100 percent honest. And so you know, we, it, I would try my best to explain what I wanted, and it got close, and you know it was acceptable both times, both times for when we got the first change, and then we had the issues with the the character the using the usage of characters, and then the second change with Chase and I on on the artwork, you know. But I, it was one of those things where it, it the the timing and the ability and the tools were all in the right place and. It worked out really, really well, I will say. And you know, one of those things where it says, if you want something done right, you gotta do it yourself. And yeah, even though I, no one would ever confuse me for an artist, I am very proud of how it did turn out and what we've got to go forward with this show. So I know that was kind of like a bit of like a humble brag there, but I just was really, really pleased with how that came out and where we're at now with our branding and, and that. So that's just one thing I wanted to mention on it. So. <laughs> no, you did awesome, man. Did I remember when uh, you were working on that and just hours on end you were working on that and I have no idea how you did it and Jay Nelly is the graphic design guy here um, I mean that I think that's one thing that's really made us define who we are is we don't have teams like a lot of people we've really built uh, our brand from the ground up and um, one thing I am proud about I will say we didn't even know what a TikTok was <laughs> two years ago and um you know, as you've seen in like our season one, we had a lot of interesting facts in there. And, you know, we had to learn how to be more efficient, efficient and also subject and audience focused towards things. And one thing we've been able to do with our different channels, because if you follow us, I'm sure, you know, you know, we have a lot of different channels out there. Uh, we announce them every week. <laughs> but um you know what's great is now like the TikTok and the youtube that we have here yeah you can see a lot of clips and debates there but also now that's where you have the interesting facts so that still um keeps going and like last week like what's great is you we get to a lot of people still engage with our old stuff like jay nelly I put his rewrite back on there of Game of Thrones from back in season one, and I have 50.6 thousand <laughs> views and comments on there. It was pretty amazing, and it's one of our biggest pinned ones. And uh, then next to that, then I had an interesting facts uh, Patronus one that had 162K. So it, it's great that we get to, you know, like Harry Potter and like Game of Thrones and, and these iconic franchises, Lord of the Rings, like that's the thing, like even Lord of the Rings will be on there, but we've been putting mainly most of the debates because we don't want to give anything away as we're going through it. That's the reward uh, for ourselves and you guys as fans following. We're not just going to give things away, but that's what's nice is being able to 
engage with uh, our iconic franchises that still mean a lot to us by they go on there and then the YouTube and it, it really means a lot. Y'all have followed us there and we've been able to grow our platforms in these other play, uh, places and just like YouTube. Now we have playlists now, so you can actually click on the Game of Thrones debates, the Game of Thrones interesting facts, or Harry Potter debates, Harry Potter interesting facts, Lord of the Rings, same thing, and it, it's it's just great, like how we've grown. And uh, I guess I think I guess this is a good time to announce it. You've probably seen it before. Um, one thing we have been able to do, which we are pretty proud of here, and all thanks to you guys, you're the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. Uh, with a lot of work from Jay Nelly and editing, so props to Jay Nelly. Um, you might see our faces on Apple Podcasts at the bottom <laughs> if you ever scroll down. So do you want to tell them about that, Jay Nelly? Yeah, absolutely. And before I do that, I actually do want to give a lot of credit to Chase, and I, I really do mean this. Chase does so much work when it comes to social media. Uh, you know, we, we both decided we're going to tackle separate things when it comes to the full production and writing and uh you know just creating of the show and the amount of hours he spends creating these tiktoks and putting it out there these just these extra snippets to make sure we can get every little bit of audience engagement as possible is just really impressive and it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and you know so, and, and it also it's a roller coaster it's up and down because yes like chase was mentioning we have those great tiktoks that will all of a sudden explode and have 170,000 views within a 24-hour period then you also have to wade through the times where you put out videos you think are gonna be really, really great and it's got like 200 views you know it's so it's just the fact that he can ride that wave and still be energized and still like, like inspired to put these things out there and keep trying regardless and just making things work because he wants to make sure that that all channels bring some sort of value to who follows us on there is just really really impressive and it takes a lot of work so i definitely want to give kudos and, and commend chase for that because i don't they believe that he gets the, the proper amount of credit that he should and on top of that to, to slide into what he was talking about with uh, one of the biggest accomplishments that we have had as a show you know being uh, officially verified on apple podcast that was probably our biggest crowning achievement that we have had uh, throughout the two seasons so far. We've had those great things where we've hit specific numbers, we've hit specific rankings on certain charts, we've done great in all those things, but to be recognized on Apple Podcasts through our host site Podbean with our our images, so that way when you see Factor Fantasy and you see our, our cover art that we just, I, I spent like a good five minutes just you know, <laughs> clamoring over. again, man. But, uh, they but, had you know, a side note, not to interrupt you, but I do want to say this, like the just because you qualify and make it like they're super specific with their images jay nelly that was another one of his projects he had on his list there yes uh we they have specific dimensions on our podcast and they had not only dimensions in terms of like the height and width of the photo but also the positioning of your eyes and the background and the coloring and making sure that it was every like it was so specific it took me a good eight hours to just to make one photo fit their their specifications and then i had to do the other one for for chase so it was like you know it did take a long time and you know it finally did but it did culminate into us getting you know verified through apple Podcasts on there and so you know exactly who brings you a factor fantasy without having our pictures on the cover art you just scroll down and you'll see uh chase brown and joshua nelson there as the the hosts of the show so that was one of our biggest crowning achievements of chase and josh factor fantasy season two 
was receiving that that verification throughout the podcast. So that is something that we're really proud about here too. And so yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing how we close out the remainder of season two here. Like we mentioned, we're going to jump into Doctor Strange. We're going to do Thor Love and Thunder. We're going to go into Obi-Wan. And then we're going to close out season two with House of Dragons. So it's just going to be one big banger after another. Like It's not going to slow down. It's just going to be uh, a lot of action, a lot of intense moments throughout the remainder of this season. And, and, and I'm here for it, man. Is there anything else you want to add here before we close out for the day? And I mean, just that's why I love these episodes. We get to kind of talk about, you know, just really anything and kind of go over everything we've done during the season and kind of the key milestones. Once again, another uh, uh, thank you to our audience that have supported us. Now this is the point where you see so many chart rankings. Then we just mainly announce like key accomplishments, right? Because we don't ever want to, we're not about, you know, we're just about improving ourselves is it's always great to just improve in your own way which is what we try to do but on a side note that really does mean a lot all of y'all that have been listening every single week and follow us on every channel and uh like i always say you're the shields that guard the realms of fantasy and we're nothing without you and with that i'm gonna let jay nelly close out our second mid-season state of the union man season two you got it my man Absolutely. So if this is your first time joining us, we hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Uh, you know, if you're looking to figure out where you can follow us, I know Chase mentioned we've got many channels and I'll go through them for you. So if you are on Instagram, you can find us at official ridiculous Patronus on TikTok at ridiculous Patronus. We have a backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We're on YouTube at ridiculous Patronus. We're on Facebook, Chase and Josh factor fantasy, Twitter, RP factor fantasy, Snapchat, RP factor fantasy. So please go ahead and follow us on all forms of social media. Click like, subscribe, leave us reviews, leave us star ratings. Please on Apple Podcasts, if you're an Apple user, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, Podbean, our host site, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. But we're out for the day because you know this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing Signing off. off.